At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. This show is brought to you by our patrons at patreon.com slash Elder Scrolls Lorecast. Robots Radio presents The Elder Scrolls Lorecast. Welcome to the Elder Scrolls Lorecast, a place where the Elder Scrolls community can come together to discuss the boundaries of our knowledge about the universe of the Elder Scrolls. Welcome back, Adras and Daedras, Khajiit and Bosmer. This is the Elder Scrolls Lorecast. And that's not everybody that I'm welcoming back, but, you know, every, anybody, everyone and everyone. And well, also I, w- I was a little Guar. curious if, if we were going to be restricted as to just Adra, Daedra and Khajiit and Bosmer. <laughs> Bosmer and yeah, no one else. I just, yeah, I, I looked at our um, analytics and it turns out that everyone who listens to this podcast is one of those. Wow. Yeah. That's, uh, Huh. It's a very specific a weird op- demographic with all the Ebonheart <laughs> yes. packed pro agenda. <laughs> it's a very specific audience. Um, welcome back to the show. This is your host, Tom or robots. Everybody thinks that my name is Tom or robots. So I'm, you know, spacing it out a little bit more. And uh, I'm your host. This is the podcast where we discuss everything about the Elder Scrolls. And this this show started out as a quaint little show where we kind of covered all the bases, but we get a little bit deeper with every episode. And this episode is going to be a little bit different. And I'm here with my co-host, the Lotus of the Doom. Welcome back, Lotus of Doom. Hello, hello. So, uh, Lotus, I broke my uh, pattern. We're going to call it that. Because right. this week I got super excited about Deadlands coming out on PC. And I've been streaming in the mornings. I moved my stream over to YouTube, to the Robots Radio YouTube, and my stream was going well. And I turned on Elder Scrolls Online and lo and behold, the Deadlands was there and the quest was Mm -hmm. waiting and my chat was there. My stream friends were there and we uh, stumbled into a portal and off we were into adventure. Now, have you finished the previous um, yes. chapter? Yes. Okay. Yes. And have you done the prologue going into this one too? No, I missed that somehow. <laughs> I didn't remember Awkward. that it was there. <laughs> yeah, uh, which was really funny on stream later after I finished the initial like quest sequence. You know, when you finish the sequence of quests and you get like the big reward at the end. Yes. 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 yes, yes. You get like a skill point and like some sort yeah. of special armor or something, right? Yeah. So, or a uh, memento or something. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I finished that first little sequence and that went up on this feed as, you know, game, gameplay and with a big warning saying like spoiler, because, you know, for a while there I was doing those is in between little bonus episodes. So that went up. So if you guys listened to that and enjoyed it, you know, I hope you enjoyed it. Um, that was a, you know, little bonus episode I put that put out there. And uh, yeah, we got done with that quest and 
uh, I was looking through uh, the crown store and I was like, oh, I didn't collect this thing. Prologue. <laughs> Wait a minute. I didn't collect the. Oh. Oh, yeah. I didn't do the prologue. <laughs> I was just like, what? Yeah. Theoretically, nope. you could also get it in uh, your like your main hub city as well, mm-hmm. uh, which I just am about. I'm on the last quest of the Blackwood chapter because um, I, I similar to you, I kind of like going through in like one big thing. So like I've been delaying, I've done the dungeons and stuff and I, I've been doing side quests, but I I've been delaying. And now that things are getting close to being released on console, which is my you know main, I started to go through and connect everything and it's very good, but it's actually without spoiling anything from that either. Mm-hmm not the direction i expected whatsoever <laughs> yeah so i'm gonna have to go back and do the prologue because like i understand where things are going because i did the yep. first part of the deadline right. stuff but right. i'm missing a little bit of the connective tissue so sure i'm gonna go back and do that but uh let's let's back up a little bit this episode is not spoiling any of that content so yes. just so you're aware you don't have to listen to that game episode if you if you're just catching up on the episodes and this episode will not be spoiling any of that content but this episode is inspired by the fact that we are now going back to the Deadlands. We're going back to Oblivion because it is time for us to revisit the Elder Scrolls Four and discuss some of the things that happened in the Elder Scrolls Four Oblivion and what was actually going on in the main quest line. And, and this might actually turn into maybe what we're talking about this month. This might be this month's theme because we're going to see where this goes. Because it's been a little while since we've been back to Oblivion, and we've talked about Oblivion on this podcast before. There are definitely bits and pieces of the lore that have to do with the events of that game. And, you know, I think that it's time, Lotus. I think it's that time that we, we revisit the main quest line. We talk about the events, the people that were involved, the organizations that were involved, the Daedric Lord that was involved, and all of the things that were going on there. Because I think as we get through the Deadland stuff, there's going to be some connective tissue and some interesting lore bits that are going to come to the surface. Yes. So that's the plan for this episode. So let's why don't we start down this path with a all right. a, a fun little recap of the main quest line for the Elder Scrolls for Oblivion. And by the way, spoilers on that. If you haven't already been spoiled on a what 15 year old uh, game. Yeah, it was 2006, yeah. I believe. 15, so, 15 yeah, th- this would be spoilers for that as well as anything I might be able to tie together. Um, but, uh, it, spoilers will likely be included if you <clears throat> haven't played Battlespire at any point because um, some connected issue there. Odd as well. amount of tie-ins to all of this out of Battlespire. I'm realizing more and more as the season of uh, you know the Gates of Oblivion has gone on, which mm-hmm. is really not what I expected <laughs> when mm-hmm. I started that. So, all right, so go with me, friends. In the Elder Scrolls Oblivion, if you haven't watched through the uh, the intro sequence of Oblivion in a while, then boot this back up. I'm not going to do it during the show right now because it's 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 a little bit lengthy, but uh, go watch this again with the eyes of somebody who had just recently watched the Lord of the Rings trilogy. <laughs> Because this was very highly influenced by the Lord of the Rings trilogy. I loaded this up on my Xbox uh, the other day because I wanted to give my son the experience of building a character in Oblivion. And of course, we had to watch a little intro video. And he was like, 
this is basically Lord of the Rings. <laughs> and it, it very much is. You've got these like we eyes, like fire wheel eyes for the portals. You've got like even the pacing of Sir uh what's his fit? Patrick Stewart's yep. monologue in the big beginning and the way the words are phrased to come right out of the Lord of the Rings and the way that the words are phrased in that in those entrance or intro sequences of the movie. Like this was so influenced by that by that film. But let's move past that. So you start out, of course you're a prisoner, and you go through the secret escape route, right? Because there's somebody after the emperor. The emperor, of course, has to come through your prison cell in order to get out of the of the uh, I guess it's a castle that you're in. Right. Yeah. Plus, yeah. you're the one he saw in his dream. Yes. You're <laughs> the one from my dreams. Yes. Um, so, you know, Captain uh, <laughs> Jean-Luc Picard comes through and decides that he has to get through your place. And then you, of course, you, of course, go with him and you escape. And he, of course, doesn't make it because the mythic Don shows up and murders him. And this starts you off on your adventure, right? Because he gives you the amulet, the amulet of Kings. And he says, you're the one for my dreams. Deliver this to Joffrey. He's the, he's the one who needs this and blah, 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 blah. Right. Yeah. Exposition dump. <laughs> Exposition dump. Okay. Who's Joffrey? What is the amulet of Kings? Yada, 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 yada. We've, we've talked about all of this stuff on previous episodes, right? So you take the, you take the amulet of Kings to Joffrey. This is the second main quest in the quest line. You go to wine and priory. You find Joffrey who is the illegitimate heir to the throne. So he has the dragon blood. You then, find him but you go but you, you go there but of course he's not really there oh no no joffrey is there but joffrey's not the heir you're looking for martin right joffrey right. was the guy from the there's the blades guy who yeah. knows where martin is because martin's the heir sorry getting my names mixed up so you're like okay where's martin and joffrey's like well you got to go to kavach and you're like kavach okay we're gonna go to kavach and then so you head over to kavach but by the time you get to kavach there's a freaking Oblivion Gate and Daedra are running all over the place, burning down the city. Yes. And that's kind of your first, um, I mean, with the, with the influence of the Lord of the Rings, the giant Sauron eyes that look like the gates of oblivion. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> um, that's the first time you actually get to experience that. And it goes from being a medieval setting to, super super dangerous style demons you got everything piling out of the gate murdering guards and all that stuff so it's like that's the first time we get to actually experience what we now know as the deadlands in the series because you hadn't really seen too too much of it um as prior versions of the the deadlands were really not defined all that much there's some in like going back with you know modern tinted glasses um to to battle spire it's with some of the weird crossovers that battle spire had with the daedric princes were less defined in of themselves and a couple of them were a little more mushed together where like here scene is a huge influence on stuff that eventually becomes here scene and not dagon so there's, there's a weird like split there but even back in the day um with battle spire the Deadlands, like, so when you're the, fi the final level of Battlespire is you're assaulting uh, 
the hunting lodge, which is very piercing, not Dagon. However, mm. when you're going up this like rocky cliffside, it's it straight up looks like a, a really old version of the Deadlands. It's lava, it's burnt trees, it's like all this main you know, you've got that feel starting, but it hadn't become what it is when you first see it at way more fleshed out in Elder Scrolls for Oblivion, where it's just like, Welcome to literal hell. Like this is Doom style hell. So Yeah, yeah. And this is the first time that you see a lot of these uh animalish daedra. Yeah. And you don't really, at this point, come across the more um, humanoid Daedra with the awesome looking armor and more. Yeah. Or the Civili, which are just the right. super jacked ones. Right. Yeah. You're not farting. Farting. I just said farting. You're not farting, you're not at, farting the at the Daedra. Uh, you're also not fighting, uh, you know, uh, Arnold, you know, the buff Daedra. Uh, <laughs> Arnold, I'm Arnold Daedra. <laughs> I have, I'll pump you up. Yeah. You're not yeah, dealing well, with those guys. You got the Daedroth, which is just mm-hmm. this weird. I, the name is just so weird because it's a Daedroth, but then it's it, if you have a date, whatever, it's just, it's just a Daedroth thing that it's just the giant flame crocodile, which I guess, you know, since he breathes fire, it's like farting out his mouth with fire. So there you go. See that you meant for that. I just, I just tanked the whole episode right here. Yeah. Um, so yeah, <laughs> right so in the toilet. Right, so, <laughs> so this is the first time you enter one of these portals and you go, OK, well, I'm going into this portal. Going to have to go fight off these evil demon things. And then close the portal and then save the castle, save the count, yep. the count of Kavach. And from this point on in the game, oh, it's the hero of Kavach, the hero of Kavach, the hero <laughs> yes. of Kavach, the hero of Kavach. And you are now the hero of Kavach. So and Kavach is a wasteland. You're not that much of a hero. That place is <laughs> wrecked. <laughs> yeah, no, it is. It is a stinky hole in the ground from this point on in the game. Um, and from this point in the game, uh, other Daedric portals just start popping up all over, all over the place, just kind of randomly. Pretty because... aggressively. Um, it's why many people don't start the main quest, much like if you don't want dragons in Skyrim. Once you mm-hmm. trigger the main quests in these games, they really make sure that you're a part of it. And there are a lot of Daedric portals that start popping up around the game yeah yeah so yeah so once you do this that starts happening you head back to wine and priory with martin take him back to joffrey right and then uh the two meet you talk to martin who's like i'm not worth anything and you're like but you're the only one left and you need to help us out because you're the you know the heir to the throne and he's like sean bean you're sean bean (laughs) and he's like but but in every movie i die and you're like yeah "Yeah, but it's okay because you you're gonna get paid for this and he's like right all right i'll do it yep you're a walking spoiler sean bean (laughs) (laughs) yep yep um so then we move on to the path of of dawn which is the next quest and that's where you have to return to baris in the imperial city and you have to track down the stolen amulet of kings because it was then stolen while you were off on this quest so you gotta go get the amulet of kings back and so you go and do that and then we go to the dagon shrine to find and infiltrate the mythic dawn's shrine now during this this quest you actually have the option to I believe it's this quest. You have the option to join the Mythic Dawn. Do you remember this? Uh, vaguely, I, 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 if if are we gonna go into what happens if you agree? Because I'm I'm pretty sure I do remember this, and I don't think it goes well for you if you agree. So okay, so the Mythic Dawn is really interesting, and we might want to just 
skim on this a little bit because we can do an entire episode yeah, about the, Myth- the Mythic Dawn. The Mythic Dawn, as well as the Waking Flame from ESO, which is the mm-hmm. kind of precursor cult mm-hmm. that does baby Oblivion portals. <laughs> baby Oblivion portals. That's true. Um, they are kind of baby Oblivion portals. Yeah, yeah but almost like their test bed type of thing. Um, yeah, both both of the cults are kind of involved. I like the Mythic Dawn better, but um, yeah, they're... <laughs> <laughs> they're competing for your yeah your, your yeah, love. compete for my love which which group will i join of sadistic murderers um but yeah I, I, we might want to just skim over them real quick as okay. their connection to everything yes so the mythic dawn is the these guys love some dagon they love they sure dagon and they love big old daddy dagon and they're trying to bring them back into tamriel yep. uh but first they're going to bring in a bunch of daedra in the Tamriel and prep everything for big old daddy Dagon to come in. So the world won't just reset itself without some help. Right. So they got it. They got to get it all nice and fiery and hot. They got to raise the temperature. They got to bring in some, some big old, you know, dragons and things, but not, not necessarily dragons, but you know, demonic looking Mm -hmm. Daedra. And um, in order to do that, they've been using the teachings of Mankar Cameron, who is a, uh, of course, a high elf who has been studying the Mysterium Xarxes, which is the artifact. It's an old book. And he wrote a, a, a book about it called The Commentaries on the Mixed Ar- uh, Mysterium Xarxes. And that is the book that they've been using to open all of these portals. And the uh, Mythic Dawn actually are hiding around in the game hidden as a bunch of regular people walking around in all the towns and you don't actually realize this until a certain point in the game where you choose to stand up against them and then as you're just walking around in the town they'll just like throw off their robes poof and turn back into their regular robes or whatever else they're wearing and then yeah, they'll the go cultist attire <laughs> so yeah, you know they're attire. right and then they'll say something like die unbeliever for lord dagon and then they'll start attacking you and things yeah. So, but you actually do have an option of joining them at one point, and that usually runs as a very temporary thing in order to get what you need in the quest. Yeah. But you could actually join them non-temporarily, and we'll talk about that maybe in a future episode. So, um, that's the cult who's behind everything. They're the ones who assassinated the emperor, and now you're heading over to their shrine. And uh, there is an option at this point for a kind of a sub-quest called Attack on Fort, on Fort Such, where you help a group of soldiers close an Oblivion Gate. This is a second one. Then the next quest on the main quest line is called Spies, where you track down those that have been spying on the Cloud Ruler Temple because they've been, how do they know what's going on? How did they get the amulet, right? Right. Then we find out, okay, so in order to deal with everything that we need to deal with, in order to actually deal with these oblivion gates we need to figure out what magical items we need right so of course we have a like hunt for the magic items quest line but we know that there's four and we don't know what they are yet but the first thing that we find out is which one the first one is and it turns out that martin determines that we need a daedric artifact and this is kind of fun 
because and this is one that I didn't remember until I restarted researching this again because it has been a long time since I played through the main quest line of Oblivion because Oblivion yeah. is one of those games that's really fun to jump back into and do like the Dark Brotherhood quest line or that kind of stuff mm. but actually jumping through these games and doing like all the main quest lines this isn't one of those things you usually do again too often at least I don't um, no I, I, same with me I tend to play perpetually I'll go back to my file and just find things I haven't done and since these games are immense a lot of times I don't ever redo something and it's like oh i have two thousand hours in this game i've done the main story like once or twice <laughs> it's like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so no i'm very 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 similar situation actually i've been wanting to play through oblivion again um yeah because it's been a while it's been a while it's a great game so yeah. okay so we need these artifacts to actually open a portal to to paradise to mm. uh, to mankind cameron's paradise which is where these souls of the followers of the of uh mysterium's arxes or or the uh mythic dawn mythic dawn i go. mean they are followers of mysterium's Mysteri- right. arxes too i guess right right <laughs> I mean, but, that's yeah, what mythic dawn, where they yeah. go when they die right so they go to this paradise that he's created which is its own little oblivion place it's his own I mean, little it's like a pocket realm a pocket realm deal it's yeah kinda tiny um yeah okay so you have to go to azura's shrine and find one of these daedric artifacts and it can be and, and all of these are going to sound familiar because we've talked about all of these before yep. azura star the ebony blade gold brand the mace of molek ball the mask of clavicus vile the Ogma infinium the ring of kajiti the ring of namira sanguine rose savior's hide the skeleton key the skull of corruption the Spellbreaker, the Volendrung, or the Wabajack, which now that I know so much about all of these things, sounds kind of insane. <laughs> Doesn't it? Well, yeah. So the other thing that I I think we've mentioned this on the show, um, so I, I'll be brief about it, but just to bring up in case it's not in the specific part you're reading, I was trying to browse through mm-hmm. our recap of it. But um, like you said, you, you bring one of these Daedric artifacts, which is, again, these are all powered by the other Daedric princes or, or demigods in this situation. And speaking of joining creepy cults, one thing that's really neat is you get a specific dialogue option if you give Martin uh, Sanguine's Rose. Oh, as opposed to one of the other Daedric artifacts, because it turns out Martin uh, used to be a uh, follower of Sanguine and was in a Sanguine cult. Mm -hmm. And he will actually remember if you give him that as the artifact choice in the scenario, he'll bring up specifically that he'd never thought he'd see the rose again and back from a prior life type of deal. So it's like, that was one of his things in his past that apparently he, he had some dealings with sanguine and you get that option or you get that dialogue just if you give him the sanguine rose, as opposed to one of the other artifacts. That's awesome. I, those are the, these are the little things in these games that really make yeah. them so interesting. Is yeah, that like- it's, it's really neat. I didn't That's know so about cool. that for the longest time. Uh, I just recently found out about that and then messed with it. I was like, this is so cool. Mm-hmm. Right. So this all comes from a book called The Modern Heretics. And then you basically choose which of these to go seek out. You go find it. You bring it back to Martin. And then that is the first of four artifacts that you need to go find. And each of these, of course, comes with its own 
abilities you know you can yeah you can use these and and use them in the world and it just seems like i mean we know how powerful some of these are or how malicious they can be which is right. you know kind of you know like when you're first playing through this it's just like uh this one sounds cool right and back in the day mine was solely from a gameplay utilitarian standpoint i was like yeah. which of these is the least beneficial to me and i will give up that one because i'm not directly using it like spellbreaker was off the rails good as a shield i would no absolutely not same thing with azora's star like those ones i definitely wanted to keep but the wabajack is too random for me so that was like one of the ones that i was like mm, mm-hmm. this is too bizarre like i can't control what it's benefiting me or making things worse so right but from a lore standpoint do you really want to piss off Sheogora? exactly but then like, <laughs> like really you, right so outside the game perspective and into like the 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 lore perspective it's like that's probably a bad look if you're like, hey, eh, your artifact's not that great. It's like, <laughs> I know. Yeah. Yeah. Fragile Shark in chat says the Mask of Clavicus file was the one he handed yep. over. Um, yeah, yeah. Like, which of these, who do you want to like put on your bad list? Right. Cause, you know, squandering a sacred artifact of Daedric Prince, probably not a great look in their eyes. So, yeah. Yeah. So that, this is. I don't know. There's something about this part of it that I'm just like, mm, mm, I don't know about that. It just makes me pause. But yep. speaking of speaking of taking pause, we need to pause to thank our patrons. So why don't we go do that? And then we're going to come back with the second half and the end list of the, uh, the quest line here, because this is, of course, where it gets even more interesting. So we'll be right back. The skies are marked with numberless sparks, each a fire and every one a sign. I am so excited about our sponsor this week, Marvel Strike Force. I freaking love Marvel Comics. Growing up, I collected comics and the trading cards, and I've seen pretty much every Marvel movie they've made so far. So if you're into Marvel like I am, go check out Marvel Strike Force. This is a mobile squad RPG. You can collect and unlock all the different heroes. You fight against supervillains. There's a campaign. There's a blitz mode. There's an arena. There's a constantly evolving meta. And right now they're celebrating the Deadpool anniversary event. This is a mission from Strike where you log in the first time and you unlock this generous gift containing character shards, a anniversary diamond orb gear a bunch of other items it is absolutely the right time to jump in and try this game out click the link in the show notes to download it now and then use the promo code maxpool m-a-x-p-o-o-l maxpool don't miss out on all the free stuff and thanks again to marvel strike force for sponsoring this episode in a world where solid state electronics and vacuum tubes are still meta people never stop loving atomic powered everything A chosen 500 stepped inside a subterranean vault to be spared the nuclear horror of the inevitable Great War. 25 years later, they emerge after the fallout settles to retake Appalachia. Among them, two former rivals whose blood feud will tear West Virginia apart in their epic struggle for survival. Chad, a vault bro who has a strength of 15, an intelligence of 2, and is a complete wasteland dickhead. 
Simon, a complicated anti-hero who chooses light and hope, but accidentally becomes a cannibal, and wakes up naked and afraid with a Scorch Beast Queen after a date goes terribly wrong. What? I mean, it's a wild wasteland, right? This dark humor radio drama will have you driving off the road and crawling out from under the fallout. Two men. One wasteland. And so many nukes. Chad, a Fallout 76 podcast. Rated R. Now streaming on your holotape player podcasty thing. Welcome to the middle of the show. This is where we get to thank our patrons for being freaking badasses and supporting the show. Because you guys are just total badasses, including our Daedric Princes, who we are, de we are definitely not throwing your artifacts away. Daniel O and Noodle Al Dente. Thank you for supporting the show. You guys are amazing. And all of our other patrons, all 53 of you, you guys are awesome. Also, you know what else is awesome, uh, Lotus? I got some notifications that the t-shirts that want some of our t-shirts for the patrons that were already signed up when we got those set up on the Patreon just a few months ago went to print. And uh, I even heard Sweet. that one of them already went out uh, and went to shipping. And I oh, wow, that's efficient. Yeah. So, yes. So very, very, very soon. If you are a tier four or higher patron, you should be getting notifications that your T-shirt has either gone to prints. I don't know if they sent out actual emails for that or has begun shipping. And so, cool. again, let me remind you, if you have not updated your shipping information and you are a patron, if you are a level three or level four or level five patron or level six, we don't have any of those yet. But if you do sign up as a level six, make sure, make sure that your shipping information is correct and is entered into the <laughs> yeah. Patreon. Get the included stuff that Tom designed. Get the included. <laughs> you're paying for it. it Get it, your T-shirts. It's part of the thing. <laughs> it's it's part of the thing. This I want you guys to be happy and awesome. I would absolutely love for you guys to get these to take some pictures, uh, show them off. I want to see. I want to see what these look like because I'm really I, curious to see the stickers and design. Oh yeah, because I'm not. Like gonna, I'm not person. getting them. We're not yeah, getting them. I, I, <laughs> not for us. I can't. I can't get these. But you guys are getting them, so I want to see them. So please share them. Share pictures on the Discord. Share them on twitter and wherever and um yeah just thank you for being a part of this you guys you genuinely from the bottom of my heart this is i never expected when i started podcasting that you guys would be here supporting it so it really does um it's one of those things i wake up every day and i'm just like i can't believe that i get to do this for a living so thank you so very very much um also uh please come and hang out with me on youtube i moved my pot my uh daily morning streams over from twitch to the robots radio youtube for like a dozen reasons because youtube is going to kick twitch's butt we're still doing the podcasts on twitch but well, what are you gonna do what are you gonna do i mean i'm i'm still on twitch with most of my stuff but i yeah. mean we won't go into the twitch rabbit hole because i don't want to get us banned from twitch <laughs> yeah we're not gonna get banned from twitch but uh there's i have a i have a number of reasons why believing that doing my game streams on youtube are a much better idea and so thank you for those of you who have decided to follow me over there we've been having a lot of fun and oh you know what last thing i'm going to point out we did a little poll today during the stream about with the anniversary edition of Skyrim coming out, if we should be playing that when it comes out or doing some more Skyrim VR. And Skyrim anniversary edition won out 81% on that poll. Fishing incoming. 
So everybody wants to watch me fish mm -hmm. in my sexy and... Santa outfit that they also made me buy. Oh, yeah. That. Wow. Cool. I had just gotten that out of memory, but I appreciate you mm -hmm. bringing that back. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> yeah. And if you well, don't know what I'm least... talking about, you need to go look up the pictures on Twitter. Look, at least one of the things that you can do in game that won't cause me to have nightmares is the fact that you not that you're not a very handsome man in general but well, the santa thing is uh, disturbing the thing <laughs> that, uh, to be fair the boobs that get shown off on the sexy santa outfit are not my own those are printed <laughs> onto the outfit don't believe it nope those, are, those are not my boobs <laughs> nope i won't believe that uh <laughs> <laughs> i promise i promise you um, i'm not that well endowed <laughs> but one of the uh Things that I actually just recently saw because surprise is a ton of hype lead up on Twitter and social media just in general for Skyrim special edition or ultra mega edition at this point because there's been so many. Mm -hmm. uh, but the 10 year anniversary one, um, the new Morrowind armors that they're putting in yeah. look incredible. So you can fish in style. Wait, are you telling me that you're into Morrowind style armors? Look, that's I'm where so surprised. I, that I was going to say, funny <laughs> enough, it's why so many people are like, why do you wear glass armor in every video game? Right, <laughs> I'm right. like, Morrowind. Wait, I'm so surprised by this, Lotus. All right. Well, Weird, right? <laughs> Weird. I would have never guessed. Okay. Well, hey, let's get back to the rest of the show. And again, thank you to all of our patrons. You guys are, are just awesome. Thank you so much. All right, let's move on. Yes, yes, you're entirely brilliant. Conquering madness and all that. Blah, 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 blah. All right. Uh, we don't have any new reviews to read or I would have done that, too. But let's get back to the main quest line. So after you get this Daedric artifact, you hand it over, give it up. You are now back to the main quest line and you have to go back to the Bruma gates and you have to help close another Oblivion gate out there. You have to help a guard close another gate and you can do another optional kind of subquest called allies for bruma where you're asked to bring in reinforcements for bruma from other towns do you remember doing this i do gathering the reinforcements yep i i i thought that was so cool originally i was like dude we're actually building an army this is awesome yeah army being in quotations because right you know there's like four people i know at a time but <laughs> I know. still really cool i kind of felt like like I, when I first did it, I was like, oh, cool. We're going to have like a whole bunch of and then you do it. And it's like, oh, yeah, uh, there's like eight people in this assault. <laughs> <laughs> but on the flip side, that could be I mean, that is one of the things that has without getting too off the rails. Uh, there's a lot of tech reasons why Elder Scrolls six has been so long. It's stuff like this because the wars have gotten bigger each game and we've gone back a over a game at this point so it's much smaller so skyrim it was bigger we have a breakout war in elder scrolls 6 maybe our if we have some situation where we recruit for a war that time it might actually feel more like a war so yeah but this is this yeah. is a good start it's a good start it's true it's true it's a small start but it's, it's good it's a, and it's really I mean, cool in concept yeah they had the right idea yeah they we were did. just limited by the tech of the time yeah yeah. yeah, the 360 and PS3 did not want to run this game to begin with. <laughs> no, 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 they they didn't. But we get to move on to the next quest, which was 
uh, which is called Blood of the Divines. Now, this is one of the quests that really starts to dig into some of the lore bits here because we are now quested with finding the second artifact, which is actually the blood of a god. So that makes you go, okay, the blood of a god. What gods? What god has blood that we can go get? Well, you guessed it. Talos is a god and bled in Tamriel. So we have to go find Talos's blood. Now, Joffrey learns that the blood of Tiber Septum, Talos, can be found on his armor in Sankar Tor. So we have to go to those catacomb catacombs, which were sealed by the first Grand Master of the Blades. And any who have tried to explore have never returned. And he gives you a key and wishes you luck, and you have to go get the blood. Remember this? I do. Um, I actually don't really remember the crypt itself. I do remember being sent there, and I have like no recollection of what the deal was when I was there beyond the quest itself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So the the concept here is really interesting because this this is cool in a lore standpoint because it really solidifies this like this concept that Tiber Septum at least in the context of this requirement for this spell that is being cast both is confirmed to have been mortal and a god yep according Oddly to those, enough to make the cut uh, yeah according to the confines of whatever spell is being cast here he he is classified as both and it, and it works because the spell works in the quest line like we come to find out Spoilers! It works. The spell works. Yeah. This, the, the, like, ta-da! Spoilers! The game doesn't end in tragedy immediately. <laughs> right. They're not like, oh, something went wrong. It was the blood. The blood didn't work. Oh, it didn't work. So you, you get the armor, right. and and the blood works, which is super interesting. Which, like, so many of us have much better recollection of playing Skyrim. We're going to play the tenth anniversary edition of Skyrim coming up, but we've got you know five years better memories of Skyrim plus all the years that we've been playing that because it's a much more replayable game being that it's five years more modern and has all these mods that work better on it than Oblivion and all and 110 all remasters yeah and 110 remasters and all that but um but yeah and there's such a there's so much of that debate in Skyrim around Talos and Tiber Septum is he really a god and the elves trying to say well no he's not but according to this right here and the fact that this spell works, he is. Yeah. So what do you make of that? I was going to say, this is really, I, I, I've, it's why it's one of the few things that I was like, mm, I don't know. It's hard to dispute. Like mm -hmm. it's gotta be some type of weird divinity going on there to have it at least qualify enough to make the cut. Right. Right. So I think that's interesting. So we get that. That's the second one. The next quest is called Miskark Hand. And this is where you have to go recover a great Welkin Stone. The Welkin Stones, if you don't recover, if you don't remember the name, are these very powerful gems. They're like crystal-like gem things. And they were used by the Aeliads. And the Aeliads, of course, being the elven race that used to live in Cyrodiil. Uh, back in the first era before the Alessian Rebellion and where they were, many of them were murdered and, you know, the land was taken over by the Manish races and the empires of man eventually, you know, displaced them and took over the area. But they, of course, so many of the ruins in 
Elder Scrolls for Oblivion are alien ruins that you find and they're beautiful and yet they're kind of spooky and barren and so many of the gems and things that you find have this uh, what color would you call that that bluish aqua it's almost like this haunting yeah it's it's like a teal type yeah. of it almost looks like if you if you picture like um a commercial for a tropical resort and they're like oh and the beautiful waters and it's going across that yes. picture that in glowing form <laughs> right but in a very dark empty echoey crypt like chamber yeah. that used to be a living space that must have been beautiful at some point at least beautiful to aliens <laughs> right <laughs> so um these walking stones are very powerful they were they're almost like ancient batteries for magic it's kind of how i would describe them you think that's a good description yeah yeah that's actually exactly what i was going to say if you did not mention that they are they're like little battery packs um because there, there's also there, there's the welcome are, are there's the varla stones too because there's the yellow one and then there's the blue ones mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and i always mix up which is which because i was going to say it's so is the welkin i i actually was just googling this it's the welkin stones are the the blue ones the that blue we were ones. just talking about right, right? Yes. and the varlet stones are the big yellow ones but i think of it as like classifications of batteries on it almost it's like okay here's your you know d battery and then you've got your your <laughs> your little a battery right. like double a batteries right. or something like that yeah, one's an ac deal. connection and one's a dc connection it, exactly yeah 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 for sure <laughs> sure something like that yeah yeah, but this is this is uh, it, it kind of makes sense. That this is like the power source in in the mix, right? Right. You've got the blood of a god. You've got a Daedric artifact. The different kinds of potency and power. Now you've got like the the power source, like the more earthly magicka power source connecting into this, right? So you go and get that. Of course, you got to fight off some you know zombie guardians and some undead things and goblins and things living underground. You go get that, and then. Now you're called to the defense of Bruma because a great Oblivion gate opens up outside of Bruma and the gates are getting bigger at this point. The stakes are raising. The gates are getting bligger. Words are hard. Somebody told me I need to make a words are hard T-shirt. I should just make a words are hard T-shirt with my they, face just going like herp. They, they really are. <laughs> they really are. Um, but this leads us to believe that why would you make the gates bigger unless you're just trying to fit bigger things through the gates? Hmm. What else is bigger that you need to fit through a gate? Look, I'm I'm sure they just wanted more clearance. Right. That's, that's it. Yeah. That's clearly it. not that they're bringing anything bigger in. Yeah, that's it. They just didn't want more more hot air <laughs> getting through the they just that's what it is. Yup, that's it. Right, right. So uh yeah, so this so your army that you've gathered is waiting in front of the gate, all like a dozen of you. <laughs> <laughs> guard this uh. gigantic gate and you lead the charge into uh the gate to uh to, to attempt to close it and yeah godzilla <laughs> fl garden guy in chat says, God, <laughs> godzilla <Yep>. and uh <laughs> so this becomes you know the most dire of the closing of gates quests that you that you get to do i remember these being at some point especially on my first play not play through not really min maxing my character very well yeah eventually this became you know just get to the stone close yeah, yes. it yeah yeah did you do that 
Uh, so I, uh, <laughs> from a different perspective as I am incredibly mid maxi, um, in how I play things, I, I was pretty overpowered pretty far, pretty quick, pretty quickly into the game. But, um, I have this weird obsessive thing where I was just like, Oh, I got to keep closing these, you know, lesser ones. And obviously once we get to the bigger ones, it was a little more story driven, but while I was going through them, I'm like, Oh my God, there's so many of them that keep popping up. Um, it became more efficient if you could make yourself invisible or with a super cheesy method, you could put, um, chameleon up to a percentage maximum uh enchanting wise on each piece of your gear yeah. and you could actually be over a hundred percent chameleon which you would just be literally beyond invisible <laughs> um, <laughs> negative <and> invisible <laughs> negative invisible so you're hyper visible i guess at that point <laughs> um, you're just glowing and, somehow yeah and to your point it became the most efficient way was to avoid the daedra in the portal and scoot your way up the tower without fighting them just grab the stone because it closes the gate and it, right. you it, it's much more streamlined and efficient if you do it that way and most of those um the the, the um sigil stones that you get at the end actually gave you um you could use them for enchanting some of the enchantments were pretty good like you, you could get some pretty solid enchantments i believe you could double enchant with them too which was uh, yes. not really it Yes. thing otherwise so yeah it, it was definitely worth getting the stones even if fighting like you said isn't necessarily your bag or it was taking a while in some cases to, to get up them if you could avoid combat and just grab the stone and be like i'm out it, you it really was more efficient that way right especially because of the enchanting i remember um grinding some of just just getting the stones. I remember yep. getting pretty good at just like beelining it to the stones, getting out like everything just chasing me all yes. the way up the tower, and you then just like train stone white screen. <laughs> yep. Yes, got it. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I remember. I remember doing that. So yeah. So you get to the sigil stone, you close the gate, and you were doing this to stop the siege engine from invading Tamriel, and that's the reason this this gate was getting bigger. Because yeah, that was surprise. It wasn't hot air. It's actually a giant Daedric siege engine. Surprise! Big old <laughs> siege engine trying to come through. Um, so whew, wipe the sweat off your brow. Your band of merry twelve merry men and you were able to hold hold back the siege engine. It's been a while, but during this final assault of them, uh, you have a time limit, don't you? And they're like a literal mm. time. Like it's not just this. Oh well, get around to the main quest whenever you want. I, if I remember yeah, correctly, 15 minutes. Actually have, it was 15 minutes. Okay. Yeah. All right. So yeah, it's like it, which was kind of well stressful if you didn't know what the hell you were doing, but more so it's like, it was interesting that they actually put a like, no, you can't just futz around doing whatever you want. You actually need to do this. Otherwise Tamriel is doomed. Like right. chop, chop. Right. No futz in, no futz yeah. in here. No futz um, in. Also what's fun about this is the siege engine. What else? What other, what other popular series has a siege engine, like a really big one? It's trying to knock down the door. Yeah, it's it's fine. Oh, yeah, the, the, totally Lord of, the Lord of the Rings. The Lord of the, Lord of the Rings. <laughs> no, no, uh, no, Return of the King no. had a big siege engine called Grom. No, there's definitely no more correlation. Yeah, that one, Lord that of the, it's super Lord of the Rings. Uh, even the way it's portrayed when it's coming through, it's it's super lord of the rings influenced oh, like yeah. the the parallels are uncanny with the, these games especially with uh, you know so many well i mean the old lord of the rings being super popular at the time 
the whimsical like art style that's kind of oblivion's thing yeah. it just had so many things even just cosmetically that just had such a strong tie-in um to, to the films at the time for the lord of the rings because they were at real high popularity at that point <laughs> absolutely absolutely another fun thing about this quest is when you return to bruma um from cloud ruler temple you find that they've erected a, a statue of you as the savior of bruma Mm-hmm. So now you're not just the savior of Kavach, the hero of Kavach. You're the savior of Her- Bruma. Yep. The hero of Kavach, the hero of Kavach, the hero of Kavach, <laughs> the savior of Bruma. Yeah. So you get, a, you get your own little statue erected, which uh, I haven't tested this, but I think just looks kind of generic. Yeah. Um, um, I hope. Yeah. I. I want to make a really ridiculous looking character and see if the the face on the character looks super dumb <laughs> on the statue. <laughs> I haven't tested this, but again, because I haven't played through the main quest line multiple times, but I need right. to do that. That would be hilarious. So, um, so the next quest in, in the order is paradise. We're knocking on heaven's door. My wife watches, uh, the, um, the bachelor. I was- that was that was bachelor, beautiful. And the Bachelor in Paradise. That's the theme song to Bachelor in Paradise. I, I see. Well, yeah. I'm Almost personally paradise. touched. Who could have asked for more? All right. <laughs> that is so spot on. We are absolutely getting a oh crap. Uh, DMCA we've we've been DMC. I just got a notification here. We've been DMCA. <laughs> Without a doubt, pitch perfect. We now the exact same CBS thing. Cannot. Yep. A billion dollars. I don't even know if it's on CBS. <laughs> crap whoever it is though you owe them a billion dollars a billion dollars um yeah so now you got to go to paradise and uh deal with mankar cameron sure do uh guess what you have to do to him he is a lunatic he is a lunatic (laughs) (laughs) well yeah i mean if you're gonna be like if you're gonna make a cult who worships a daedric lord of i mean okay valid you're you're basically over like time to, time hell to overthrow dimension. the world with fire and brimstone yeah you're probably a little loony but just the character of makeout cameron he's such a super villain yeah <laughs> like yeah he's a hysterical super villain yeah right yes okay so you guess what you have to do to him when you get there uh this i don't remember don't you just need to killify him yeah yeah murder you just gotta, yeah i was you gonna say murder. you murder kill him right yep yep you okay just, you just murder that, him. Just, yeah murder kill him mm-hmm. yeah and then you get back the amulet of kings because get the, he right, has it so yep yep and that happens to be the fourth of the uh items that you need but so this is cool this is cool because the four the four pieces of the recipe and we've now got do you remember what these are daedric oh god daedric yeah, artifact yeah. You got your artifacts. You got Daedric Power. Yep. You've got got your blood-soaked armor. God Power. Yep. Right. Uh, You you got your amulet that we just got. Amulet. So you got like uh, you got like Tamriel Magicka Power. Yeah, I was gonna say, and then we need our battery pack. And that's that's the battery pack, right? And then you've got the Amulet of Kings, which is the thing that is supposed to be keeping Mayrune's Dagon out of our reality, out of our (laughs) keeping those realms separate. Keeping the realms separate. So that's the thing that all three of these powers need to act on in order to keep him out. So kind of makes sense, right? Seems like a seems like a recipe for you know success. Sure. So then we have to light the dragon fires. 
And so the only man who can do it is Malton Septim. So we have to escort him to the Temple of the One in order to crown him Emperor. Because, of course, he has to be Emperor to light the dragon fires. Yeah, officially. Officially. And this is the end of the game. And this is where all the magic happens. And effectively, this is where everything goes nuts, right? Because yeah. in summary, Mayrun's Dagon shows up and starts stomping around all over the place. And Martin goes all dragon super saiyan on him and turns into freaking Akatosh's avatar. Yes. Or and, another thing that I at the time, because I wasn't as big into like the stories to them, because I, you know, my only prior experience was Morrowind and I couldn't figure out what was going on for the longest time in that game. And I was like, oh, a sequel to the game that I don't really understand, but I really like. Um it reminded me of uh, Liu Kang's Fatality from Mortal Kombat. From <laughs> who's ever played that? <laughs> Where <laughs> he just straight up turns into a super dragon. So. Yeah, yep, super dragon. So both of them are gigantic and are start marching around the Imperial City, duking it out. Yep. And while everyone's just running around, like all the little people are running around going, ah, ah, and there's Daedra just like attacking everybody. Remember yep. this? Yeah, it was, I, I remember that being like mind blowing graphically at the time. Oh, yeah. As well. I was like, how is my 360 not literally engulfed in flames? Like yeah. with all that's happening right I now. I mean, I guess there were kind of flames. Yeah, no, I, I broke a lot of those with the Red Ring of Death. So <laughs> um, so that happens. And of course, you know, the, the dragon side of this wins out and everybody saves. But Martin doesn't survive. Told you Sean Bean was a walking spoiler. <sighs> walking spoiler. And you receive your reward for saving the world. Which means you get like Imperial Dragon Boots and a cuirass and gauntlets and greaves and a helmet. Yeah. You get your super suit. And that means that you get like lots of big resistance to magic and frost and poison and fire and shock. So congratulations. But you also save the world. Then you save the world. Congratulations, but now there's no more Emperor. There isn't, and the dragon fires are technically no longer kind of lit. Uh, mm -hmm. Is a weird side effect, which has had some rippling effects in the series where, well, that that was kind of like we had mentioned, the, the, the way to keep things separate. So that was a little weird. Um, yeah. I, I, you know, this whole event had other things taking place outside of Cyrodiil itself. We had, you know, everybody's favorite story about the Argonians where, where, you know, these oblivion gates are opening up everywhere. Um, is around this time period as well, where they fight back, you know, in, into the oblivion portals um, shortly or also around this time, Morrowind goes kaput. <laughs> Morrowind goes kaput. Yeah, that's true. So, yep. That's, so the question that's another big that event around this time period. Yeah, so I guess the question then is, was this actually a success? I mean, Mayrun's right. Dagon doesn't stay in Tamriel and, you know, make up residence here. He doesn't just right. move in. But this effectively ends the line of emperors. It puts out the dragon fires. It severs the power that the Amulet of Kings had in separating the realms. 
It's true. And one long standing thing, which we don't have our answer to yet because the series has, the timeline has kind of concluded canonically with uh, the Elder Scrolls V Skyrim. There hasn't really been much discussed past that um, yet in, in the canon series, but to the point of did Dagon actually succeed in this because the idea was revolution and to overthrow and like that, these are parts of him beyond just destruction and all this stuff, but the empire as a, as a construct has started to crumble as a result of the end of this game uh in skyrim the emperor is not the empire is not in great shape um there's the huge threat of the thalmor what if maybe dagon's plan was a little less obvious like i'm gonna blow up all of tamriel or nern or whatever maybe it was to transition away from the empire like, right right what if it was and, a strong swift blow and right. not necessarily a total and conquest. Exactly. And and that's may, maybe that was the direction for, for the shift. And we just haven't seen the full ramifications of it yet. But maybe Dagon actually didn't fail. It was just less of a one fell swoop and more of a long kind of tree slowly falling down type of thing. Right. A chink in the armor. Was, yeah, was exactly. the goal all along. Yeah, Fragile Shark says Akatosh owed the civilizations of man a solid, and that debt has now been paid. Yep, that's and, false. Yeah, and I mean, you're right. Yep. That was it. And now, you know, now man is on their own, and they're not doing so great. They're kind of just barely getting by at this point. Mm-hmm. So that's that yeah yeah so was this the first step in actually overthrowing something as opposed to the one fell swoop who who knows because there definitely seems like that one victory came at a long-standing downward direction for the empire as a whole if that was the goal right right so yeah, yeah. It might not be quite as clear cut of as a victory at the end of Elder Scrolls Four as it seemed like it is right at the at, at the you know tail end of the game. Right, like at the end, it's like, "Woo! Look, Dragon showed up, kicked his butt! Right. Yay, we won!" But there was a lot paid. The yeah, price two hundred years later, high. things don't look so great. <laughs> no. no, the price was very high, and yeah, it uh, it was almost the most opportune time for this to happen. You know? Right, and had. Had Martin not been there, had there not been an illegitimate heir, then this would have succeeded. Exactly. And with going back and kind of tying in to close stuff up, you know, with the current situation in uh, with the Gates of Oblivion year going on in ESO, which takes place hundreds of years prior to Oblivion, um, some of this was kind of you know, again we're not going to go into spoilers um i can't even spoil the deadlands because i haven't played it yet uh, <laughs> but some of this seemed like there were plots afoot which we won't go into and some debts being dealt with um from the longhouse emperors but at the same time when we see the oblivion portals kind of showing up the little like mini rifts it almost seems like 
okay, here's a little bit of like a test bed for what came mm-hmm. to a bigger fruition in Elder Scrolls four. Um, and, and, you know, Dagon does tend to be a little more involved with major situations. I mean, Saint, you know, along with the battle spire, granted the battle spire is not on Nern. It's in that pocket realm where it's kind of like the space between spaces. Um, but at the same time, that was another just straight up direct assault via a deal that was made with, uh, Jaeger Tharn. So it's like deals get made with him and they end up going through we don't know that there was or wasn't any actual dealings behind anything with, with the events of elder Scrolls four, but I'm curious to see if maybe there's something more that we don't know about with that invasion being spurred on by something. The Thalmor had quite a rise to power, not that long after this starts. So were there more backdoor deals that we didn't know about or have not known about because the series hasn't gotten to them yet? Yeah. Also, a few hundred years for a Daedric Prince to wait for something to grow yeah, to not, permission. Not even that big of a deal. It's kind of a blink of an eye. And on yes. top of it, the other Daedra, even, you know, the uh, Dramora, the Zivili, yep. like they're immortal. Right. Worst case scenario, they get turned into azureplasm and regoopified into themselves eventually. Right. And like when you talk to them in games, they're constantly restating like for your mortal minds to understand. You, yep. you, you can't understand. Like, let me try to explain this for you to understand with your mortal minds. Right. And I think a lot of that, like the easiest way to translate that is it, your temporal minds your limited understanding and a limited mortal mind is mostly limited by temporal realities. Yeah. And that's, that's the main difference between us and them. They're not necessarily more powerful than the mortals are, you know, like the mortals in this world can be very powerful magically. They can be very strong. The danger can be very powerful magically and they can be very strong. But they, you know, you, you put a, a Daedra and a mortal together and you put them on a battlefield and they fight and one or the other might win. Right. It's not like exactly one is necessarily better on a battlefield next to each other. You, you give them a, a mages quiz and maybe one will win, maybe the other win, depending on who's better at magic, you know, like. Yeah. But, but you but you make them both wait for a bus. And if that bus never shows up, guess who's waiting there 100 years later? The Daedra. <laughs> yep. Still, yep. Still, still hanging out because uh, time is not a factor for them. Exactly. So I think that that typically is what they mean when they say things like for you immortal to understand because. Right. Because we're limited by time. Um, so that's mm, I think maybe there's something there. There's something there yeah. with the time frame. No, nope, there very well could be. Yeah. So anyway, that's where I would end it. But this is this has been a fun trip down memory lane to just kind of go back through and see what things were important here. And I'm excited to see what other things we can dig into with the uh, the uh, uh, mythic dawn with the um, uh, digging back into the the cult aspect on this oblivion itself. Mayrun's Dagon, some of the other connections here. Yeah, the um, Waking Flame. The Waking the Flame. Kind of precursor group. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we're going to try not to get too spoilery with the other stuff in the current, you know, the current stuff in the game. But I want you guys to have as much of the information you can from this stuff so that as you play through it, 
you can draw some connections yourselves. And of course, much later on, maybe another six months from now, maybe over the summer, we'll dig back into the content from Deadlands and you know, yeah, this last year. Usually once once we get a year out from something and we're covering the previous year, it's it's not quite as spoiler concerning. Right. Yeah. Well we'll get into the the more recent content then. But yep. um but yeah, this will be a fun month. We'll we'll dig more into this stuff and some of the things that we kinda treaded lightly on in the next episode. So thanks for being here. Lotus, do you have anything cool going on? Anything you want to share? Um, no, not really. I was going to say, I had mentioned, uh, you know, the, the extra life event was a big success. Several more of our teammates have their big extra life marathons this weekend. So keep an eye out. That's extra life as a whole has their official game day. This, uh, this weekend on the sixth, I believe is the date. So, um, yes, the sixth. Um, so that's, you know, Great cause, even if it doesn't relate directly to my efforts, it, everybody's doing a great bit of work. So if you're looking for some streams and stuff to do, definitely check all of that out this weekend. Um, and otherwise, I have got, um, we kind of had a quick little fill-in episode for everybody for Tales of Tamriel now that I'm like, the current host of the show i've kind of <laughs> rearranged things a bit um what with real life kind of being problematic for some of the other guests or just kind yeah. of shifted interest for the moment so um i've got some pretty interesting topics and guests lined up for that coming up and we should be good to go um with an episode that we had originally planned, but ran into some scheduling conflicts with everything. But ideally, uh, the Red Diamond Courier will actually be joining me with nice. both uh, Doug Bark and Bob Shinsky this week to discuss the state of PvP, um, which is super contested in Elder Scrolls. Is not a lot of the games actually <laughs> multiplayer, let alone a competitive side to it. So, yeah. But otherwise, I mean, that's that's my big side project at the moment, other than just being here. Nice, nice. Well, that'll be a fun episode because those guys are pretty cool. Yeah, and they know a lot about PvP, so... They do. That's their bread and butter. That's that's their go-to. They're like the sole PvP podcast for Elder Scrolls Online. Like, nobody else really focuses on that, so... That's true. That's true. Yeah, if you look at any any, any moment on my... If I look at any moment on my um, Steam uh, friends list, I, I yeah. glance up there, and there's good old Bob Yeah. in... Uh, in ESO. Yep. And I'm playing, him, playing him Battlegrounds or Zero. Picture him playing, playing PvP. Probably, probably what he's doing. Um, yep. Yeah, man. So, yeah, have fun with that. Say hi to the guys I for will. me. Um, but if you, don't, if you don't know, the Red Diamond Courier is a podcast on the Radio Robots Radio Network. And if you're into Elder Scrolls Online and want to learn more about the PvP stuff in the game, then that is absolutely the place to go. They talk about other things in ESO as well, but that's mostly the their um, expertise. So if you're looking for something along those lines go check it out um let's see i've got i've got my streams in the mornings weekdays uh generally before noon um so if you if you're looking for something to hang out especially if you're working and want to just tune in something in the background i'd love for you to come by i'm now streaming the games on youtube i've moved over from twitch to youtube it's the robots radio youtube so it's really easy to find you can just google robots radio youtube it'll come right up um every morning that's what I'm doing. I've still got goals for growing this. I will eventually take over the world. So uh, that's my plan, at least. I mean, hey, world well, domination. It's, it's good to have goals. 
you know, world domination. Uh, yeah. Through speaking of Dagon, no. <laughs> just gonna <laughs> overthrow the current situation, everything, and then it's just there you go. Yeah, we're having a lot of fun. Uh, I streamed some ESO earlier this week. Been playing some other games, doing a variety of games, um, having a lot of fun, and uh, we'll definitely be playing Skyrim when Anniversary comes out. World domination. That's all. That's all we do over there. We just you know slowly. I mean, is it really that much to ask for? Just a little world domination. Uh, I don't think so. Yeah, I think it's okay. Um, yeah, no, I mean, Dagon would be cool with it. Yeah. He's a fan. Um, so yeah, come over there. Robots radio, YouTube. Uh, there's man, there's, I've got a dozen reasons why it's better to stream over there for streaming games. YouTube's doing a whole bunch of things this next year that they're upgrading as well. A lot of things Twitch has been doing They're They're adding, including extra stuff. And I've been improving my stream setup. So I've got a bunch of, I've even got new stuff I added tonight that I'm going to roll out tomorrow. So it's going to be super fun. Um, also, uh, fallout for hope starts in just a few weeks in December. Oh yeah. So that is a big thing. If you're into fallout at all, or if you're into, you know, charities and helping out the kids because you know, kids need, need help. Um, that's coming up. We'll have some more information about that. Um, but that is a, a charity event that Ken from the Chad of Fallout 76 podcast put together very last minute last year, but raised a bunch of money and ha- we've been planning this. He's been playing it. I've been circumstantially connected to it, but it's it's his baby. And there are over 106, I think was the last number I saw, um, content creators and streamers and people who are involved this year. It's going to be huge. And we're going to run. We're going to raise a bunch of money for charity. And again, I'm only circumstantially connected. I am like just a little itty bitty thing that's connected to this big gigantic thing that is mostly not my doing so be be aware you're going to see some advertising and things for it it's going to be freaking awesome it's going to be like a oh, yeah. long thing it's going to be it's huge. a great it's another great great cause and a great time if it's even half as good as it was last year it'll be fantastic it's going to be amazing so and it seems way bigger <laughs> Yeah, it's going to be huge. There's going to be some really cool stuff going on. That's coming up in December. So stay tuned for that. And um, yeah, some other things. I've got other things in the works. So, you know, you never you never know what you're going to get, including some new shows on, on the Robots Radio Rocket Club. Some new uh, new podcasters doing some really cool stuff, some really fun new ideas for shows. So, you know, come join us on the Robots Radio Discord. There's a list of all the shows and there's some awesome people. This is the best community on the Internet. You guys are awesome. Thank you for being here. And uh, Lotus, I'll see you next time. Chat, thanks for being here. Stay safe in Tamriel because you never know when a Daedric Eye portal is going to show up in front of you and, you know, a Daedroth is going to come chomping out and blow fire in your face. So damn it, Sean Bean. Freaking Sean Bean. All right. See you guys later. Bye, Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Elder Scrolls Lorecast. If you have something you'd like to contribute to the show, please reach out to us at elderscrollslorecast at gmail.com or on Twitter at ESO Lorecast. I really appreciate you listening and I'd love to hear from you soon. You've been listening to the Robots Radio Podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net. Are you into the cyberpunk tabletop games or excited for cyberpunk 2077? Are you looking to brush up on the lore, stay up on all the latest news and talk about the game when it comes out? Check out the cyberpunk Lorecast, a show from robots radio with me, your host robots. We'll go over all the details you need to know about the world characters and story of cyberpunk available on iTunes, Spotify, Google play, and anywhere else you get your podcasts.
My name is Jameson, or Big Cat. And I am Brenna, or Mother Goose. And together, we are the hosts of The DL Weekly Gaming News. Each week, we bring you the top stories from last week, as well as something you might have missed. Our goal is to start a conversation about what's going on in the world of gaming. And every week, we have a special guest join us in the chat room, where we discuss a different gaming-related topic and learn more about our guests in the 60-second download. And if that isn't enough, we also have Slim Jims. So come and hang out with us every week and join in on the conversation. Good luck and have fun, everybody. And remember, keep your goose loose. Hello, gentle listener. Every Friday, be sure to tune in. What the hell are you doing, Ampersand? (laughs) Hi, Charlie. I'm sorry I broke in. And I thought I was the only one to talk to myself. Well, I'm letting everyone know about the Fumbling Four and the Almighty Crit. It's a 5e live play podcast. Join us every week. Where do we find it, yo, crusty coot? Uh, anywhere you can get all your podcasts. Woo-hoo! You'll find it every Friday, you stupid cat! <laughs>